0: Welcome to episode 83 of the Pin Podcast. I just made an audio mistake here. Guess what? That's what happens when you go off for a week and you're not used to it. So uh, for those of you who are new to the show or don't know, I'm going to start taking a week off at the end of every month just to get the information together for these shows. Uh, It took me a little bit of time. You know, I'm still working through the Aleister Crowley book that I have, but I did get through the first book that we're going to talk about today— which is called the Book of the Law. If you want to be sophisticated like him, you call Liber al Legis. Don't get it. Honestly, the philosophy in the book sucks. And on, I would say if you're really interested in it, go and get it because it's $2.50 on Audible and the PDFs are free. But if you aren't into this stuff and you don't have any interest in anything, you know, even remotely philosophical, because this is a cult philosophy, but. Just don't, don't do it. I, I honestly feel like I kind of wasted my time reading this book or listening to this book, even though it was 45 minutes. Like, dude, this stuff going on here is just, it's, hang on, I'm gonna adjust my levels real quick. Um, here we go. Okay, there we go. So what I was saying is this book is the fundamental text for a religion that Crowley created called Thelema. It's basically a philosophy that, it's one of those things like Buddhism, where it's a philosophy and a religion at the same time, but you don't really uh, go too deep into it because no one really cares to go too deep into it. And I'll just pull up uh, the here and give you a brief overview of it. It is believed, this is the main tenet, it is believed that the history of humanity can be divided into a series of aeons. Aeon is a measure of time, I don't know exactly how long it is, but... Whatever. Each of which was accompanied by its own form of magical and religious expression. The first of these was the Aeon of Isis, which Thelemites, not the terrorist organization, there's an Egyptian god named Isis who is the wife of Horus. We'll get into that which Thelemites believed occurred during prehistory and which saw mankind worshipping a great goddess symbolized by the ancient Adi- Egyptian deity Isis. In Thelemite beliefs, this was followed by the Aeon of Osiris, a period which took place in the classic medieval centuries and humanity worshipped a singular male god, uh, symbolized by Osiris, therefore dominated by patriarchal values. And finally, the third Aeon, Aeon of Horus, controlled by the child god, I didn't know Horus was child, symbolized by Horus in this new Aeon, Thelemites believed that humanity will enter a time of self-realization and actualization. I just pulled it off Wikipedia so you know exactly what it is and it's a pretty condensed pack. Everything else is just going from what I've read. Now, the book cover is very much influenced by Egyptian mythology. It's got uh, the eagle wings with hieroglyphs and sim- symbols, some Roman numerals on there. They publish it as liberal religious because, you know, they want to be sophisticated, got to get that money, you know, somehow. Otherwise... This book was supposedly channeled through Alistair Crowley and dictated by his wife in 1904. Published in Egypt. You know, honestly, I'm really starting to feel. I didn't notice this the last time I went through this because I was like five minutes into the show and I noticed that there was an audio issue. I think that because they're in Egypt, they're really getting carried away with the Egyptian motifs. You feel me? They're like, hmm. Check that out, hon. That's a That's a pyramid and some some pillars and a couple sculptures. when I channel from this uh supposed slaughter god, do you think I should do you think I should write the book with like some Egyptian motifs? And oh, we'll figure it out when I get there. Um, it was okay, what I have to say is that any time you you have channeling. It's going to be really shady. Like, be real. Why the fuck would any god, any god, assuming there's multiple, want to take the time out of his day to come and dictate some, like, spiritual shit to some random-ass dude who is sitting literally overnight in the Great Pyramid? Like, I'm going to get to this towards the end, but I think it's just a demon fucking with people like spiritually, you know, you don't have to believe any of this, but if it was actually channeling, I think it's some type of demon or like trickster spirit. Who's just fucking with people. He's just going around like, yeah, man, <laughs> see that dude. He wrote and published a book because I tricked him that he was, I was three separate gods and a priest and <laughs> dude, he's fucking dumbass. Um, it, honestly, doing this first is because I want you guys to understand how the what his works were like. Because he had a couple other ones, but this is the one that I found at first. Um, and it considering it was the fundamental text of his religion. I think that it's the most profound, not profound, it's the most apt for describing who he was. Because next week and the week after, uh, we're going to be just covering him. Because he was—he did some pretty interesting stuff in his life. Like he was a spy, he was all kinds of cool stuff. That's what the the series, is, the name of the series, Secret Agent 666, is based off of his the name of his biography. So the speakers of this book, speakers in air quotes, because I think it was just him pulling some shit on some people. The Beast, otherwise known as the Great Beast 666, 2 Megatherion. Here's where I I notice this. um, 666 wasn't an actual numerological demonic number. It is and was 616, which because of the way uh, language was back then, specifically during the time of Emperor Nero of Rome, 616 was a numerical code that, when translated, said Neron Kaisar or Nero Caesar. And it was designed by Christian radicals, Christian guerrilla fighters, to be able to talk about Nero and slip it under the, under the radar of Roman police so that they could get all their messages across about, like, how are we going to fuck this dude up? Like, what do we got to do here? So anyone who says... 666 and their occult practices Supposedly channeling I'm putting some red flags up off the bat I could definitely tell This character, the Beast Because towards the end of the book It gets real real uh, suspicious The Scarlet Woman I didn't hear her presence at all When I was listening to the book It was very uh, You couldn't tell which character was speaking when They didn't delineate Who was who They just kind of rolled with it and I think Scarlet Owen is the beginning. She was probably talking about the love and light shit. And another character called Ank Afna Konsu was a historical priest uh, associated with these two air quotes gods. And the book starts off very much uh, new age, love and light like, oh, let everyone do what they want and be free and let everyone love each other. The only law is love. Cool. Uh, you can't have that as your only law, just saying like, not everyone's going to love each other. People will commit murder and theft and, you know, you gotta, you gotta be ready for that. So I, from my opinion, we can't just be having a legal system with one law that is very incredibly vague. Uh, I get it. You guys are spiritual entities who have ascended past the need to steal, but we have not. And as a result, I think you guys should go back to fucking law school because you didn't learn shit at all about law. Get out of here. This is a contract law office. I can't be dealing with people who have no expertise. Let's get the devil in here. He clearly has some contract law experience. <laughs> um, that's how the book starts off. It is very much a... I would like to say... Early... I feel like it's what the New Age philosophy now is based off of. The whole love and light thing and the fucking crystals and shit. It just doesn't have the impact it should. Because who... Who can see that as a valid philosophy? Like, oh yeah, just love everyone. There's nothing there to cling on to. There's nothing there to think about. Like that's the simplest thing and it can be turned so many ways like you can love someone but actively hurt them see where I'm going here like this is so vague that no one's gonna be able to effectively use this information which is why I think as a book of philosophy and as the fundamental text of religion it fails like think about it like this the holy Bible and the Torah and the Quran all within those parables and stories have laws like, do not eat pork was a law. Do not covet the neighbor's life. is a. The Ten Commandments are a book of laws. They're ten effective laws, which they're originally 616 commandments. No, was it 600, and, 600 commandments, I think? I don't want it to be 616, because if I do that, and I say, uh, I say that would be a really good Like, coincidence? It was 613. So, yeah, that's good. I didn't want that to be a super coincidence. Hang on here. I have to go out and get some ice in a minute. Sorry about this. So, that's you kind of see where I'm coming from here, especially with the laws part. There is a whole lot of things to be expanded upon, especially when it comes to that. You can't call something the book of the law if there is no defined laws. So, the other part of this book is that towards the end i was really starting to get uncomfortable with it because it goes from love everybody and have free will to the only way you can worship me is to conquer and slaughter and i was like okay so we just had a huge shift here that i did not realize was happening what's okay so you guys you directly contradict yourself from love each other and let everyone be free to yeah man uh Sorry to tell you this, but the only way you're going to get into my heaven is if you fuck people up. See where this just falls apart? This is, I was texting Sam today, I was like, yo, Alistair Crowley got lost in the sauce making this book. Like, I think he was too deep in what he was doing to recognize that none of it was cohesive. You follow me here? Like, I feel this dude was too deep in his witchcraft, magic, super crazy religion, Egyptian God sitting in pyramids to figure out that what he was producing, like this guy would not make it today in the era of content. He actually might be really fucking successful (laughs) because people still read his shit today. So if he came out today, I don't think he would be as successful as he was if he came out in 1904, died. Got the, you know, that mystique about him. Because people be like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? This, this, this is bullshit. People would just laugh at him. I, I'm sure people, actually a ton of people laughed at him. That I'm sure without a doubt in my mind. The philosophy of this, if we break it down, you know, there is nothing I can root it to from any of my experience with, you know, any philosophies I've come to. And it it is in its own way, its own thing, but it is not good in the sense that you can, it doesn't hold up under pressure. For example, Stoicism, uh, something I've been, you know, kind of interested in lately. I've been rereading Marcus Aurelius. Stoicism holds up under pressure because it has a system and subsystems for every different Uh, not every challenge, but has for most challenges, you know, I forget the exact Latin term, but they in stoicism say, you should visualize the terrible things that can happen to you so that you can be prepared for them. When something like that happens, like if you sit down, I don't know, once a month and you visualize like getting in a car accident or a family member dying or, you know, losing your dog, let's not be so serious, losing your dog, uh, losing your keys, right? Stuff that happens to you that sucks. You will be more prepared to handle that knowing that you've already rehearsed that situation in your mind and you know what you want to do when it happens. Well, we look at this dilemma, like, okay, uh, okay guys, um, yeah, I just want you to, like, be cool, but I also want you to fuck people up from time to time. You know how it is, man. I, it, we can't really make heads or tails what we want people to do, but it, it'll be there. It, see what I'm saying? Now, this whole new Aeon of the New Child shit, it... This is the part where, you know, someone pointed out to me, it was Emma, um... Isogenesis, that's what I think she said the term is. People are extrapolating what they want to see out of it. So there's all kinds of, you know, mysticism around stuff like this. This book is written by some heavy hitter in the in the game and he wrote it while he was in the king's chamber of the great pyramid at night. They couldn't see anything, but they claimed they saw lights following them into the pyramid stuff that you know if you aren't if you're not a strong thinker and let's be honest a lot of people aren't strong thinkers you'll get swept up in reading that and not cross-checking it and examining and figuring okay well was this guy unstable was what was going on here did he have PTSD he was he was a spy i mean it's not unreasonable to say that was he projecting his issues into his like subconscious, and those were extrapolated when he was maybe put into an altered state. See? These are the things you have to ask. These are the questions you have to ask. And I have a, a note here. They were Horus is effectively a symbol of growth that is totally independent and innocent. So what people speculate here is that it's supposed to be mankind's release from sin and obsession and more genuine push towards altruism that we would be less exposed to pain and terror and hatred and all that. When you break that down, cool idea. At the same time, when you critique it, that's nothing new. Everyone wants to push humanity into an era where they don't have to experience hatred and terror and they can all be altruistic. Everyone wants that. That's not like if some if we had never heard that before. Right. If if all of our philosophy was people need to be more selfish and they need to uh, impose their will and and exhibit terror to people. And someone came out was like, yo, why don't we move toward altruism? Everyone needs to grow. We need to free ourselves from the burdens and shackles of this uh, absolutely built sin that we we come up with. And it was a way to teach morals, but it's a way that it's gotten so outrageous that people will do things that are natural to humans, like fucking jack, jack off, go real hard in the paint one day, go on a two and a half hour deep, deep dive on a porn site and they get stricken with the scarlet letter from their community right that I I totally just blanked I don't know where I was going oh yeah that's where I was going if we get away from that then humanity would have a much better uh, foundational consciousness to build off of right like you can't when everyone's starting in a different position in the game No one's going to be equal. And inherently, humanity is meant to be unequal. Like Think about it like this. If you're a white person, and you come from the snowy reach of Scandinavia, and there's a black person, right? Well, most likely they came from somewhere in Africa, unless they're Cuban, those are just Spanish black people. And you go to Africa as a white person, guess who's going to get burnt the fuck up And is not going to have the genetic and physiological abilities to be equal with someone who grew up in that region. That's starting at our most base material level. Not all humans are equal. Usain Bolt and myself are far from equal. So the issue that you have, especially with philosophy like this saying everyone needs to grow and people need to be free from terror, it's probably not possible. Sure, we can have a society that's altruistic. Potentially, I wouldn't bet on it. But you're not going to ever have a society without terror. And here's why. Or a society without pain. And the reason for that is you could eliminate war, you could eliminate famine, you could all that. But if people still want to do something like play sports, or if they still want to have competitions... Terror is going to be, terror and pain are going to be a part of that. People get injured. Uh, if you're a fighter, and you you're doing a, a super fight with no weight class, you're 160 pounds. You know, you, you got the speed, you got the stamina, but your opponent's just a fucking gorilla. He's 322 pounds, six foot nine. He can knock a bear out with one punch. You're going to be terrified. See this? Humans aren't made to be equal. Like, you can go outside, find a crow, and that crow could give you the plague. Should stay away from that crow. I do want a pet raven, though. I've heard they're assholes. But I do kind of want a pet raven. Uh, After finishing that Norse Norse mythology book, really good, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that on the last podcast. Anyone here who listens, has an audible, or just reads books, Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman Fantastic book It gave me like the base With you know a lot of good detail On Norse Mythology and honestly it makes me want to go Read the Eddas And get the whole Of Norse Mythology Because from what I know uh, That book was like The main quest The Eddas have all the side quests where like Magni and Modi are there And all that kind of cool stuff So there, there's a bunch of skeptical interpretations, which are I'm honestly very much aligned with. Uh one of them was written by his former secretary, I guess due to a secretary, named Israel Regardi. Regardi, I, I don't know how to pronounce that name. And it was called The Eye of the Triangle, the book that he wrote, which now that I'm just finding out, I might look into because, you know, I got to get the best information I can for you guys. You got to get, you got to get educated so you can change, turn around your life, get that good quality. You know, you got to be intellectually strong as well as physically strong gang shit. And this guy argues that it was an expression of his unconscious personality, which makes a lot of sense. Right, I don't know, actually, how does channeling work? See, from what I can tell... Uh, okay, there we go. Channeling has two forms, deep breathing and meditative state. There's something called trance channeling, which to me sounds a little bit like hypnosis. Now, I don't, of course, know... How it works, but if I had to guess, if someone comes in, they get into a deeply meditative state, there's potential to bring out all the stuff that you're not thinking about or the stuff that you don't recognize. And if someone is, if someone is so deep in the game, right, that they know all the, the different gods and goddesses and they know all the priests and all these things, You could assign, right, you could assign in your own head without realizing it, your subconscious thoughts to these individual personalities of mythology, right? There's a quote here from 1909 that uh, Crowley said, he said, I want blasphemy murder rape revolution anything bad or good but strong what does that sound like does that not sound like the great beast 666 to megatheon right does that not sound like him does that not sound like a conquering god who's there to just lay enemies on fuck everything up right does that not sound what that, what that is so you're looking at this individual who arguably unstable someone who runs around participating in sex magic. If you don't know what that is, I wouldn't say look it up, but honestly look it up because you're in for a wild fucking ride. Another dude who basically says he summoned an alien that was called Lam. Look him up. It's L-A-M. And he was just chilling in this guy's house, uh, rolling around. He had a nice cape on and all kinds of shit. He was rolling around. He had the big head looking like an alien. Had a crown in some particular uh, instances. This guy doesn't sound all there. The other thing that people use as a skeptical interpretation is that Crowley claimed he had a guardian angel named Iwas. In that This guy, this Iwas character, was effectively kind of his daemon. Uh, For those of you who don't know, you probably don't. A daemon is a Greek concept in which your body and your soul aren't in the same place. Your body is here, but your daemon is off in a different realm, basically playing, moving your body like a video game. And... If you die in one realm, well, the daemon just jumps to the next, basically where you're picking up, doing exactly what you're doing, and he continues. Now, of course, that's all speculation, but, you know, there's good books out there that give evidence to the contrary and to the fact that that could be real. But, for the sake of argument, uh, I'm going to say, if the daemon is real... I doubt it would have been a character from Egyptian mythology. Probably just been a dude, right? Like all these past life regressions that people claim to have. All these people say, oh, I was Cleopatra. Only one person can be Cleopatra dog. So you can't get 30,000 people claiming they're Cleopatra because then 200, 2,000, 29,999 of you are wrong. The likelihood that you were just some dude... Who's rolling around in like the eastern steppe getting jacked by Mongols because you had to pay the tithes to them or they would kill your whole village. That's 20 million to the 10th power of 57% more likely. Of course, there may be people if past life regressions and spirit, you know, reincarnation, all that stuff is true. I don't have evidence to prove it is, so I can't say equivocally that it is true. Well, these people are, they're extrapolating information of what they want to be and applying it to who they are now, right? Like, I I do want to go get a past life regression because I want to see what was up, if it's true. You know, the problem would be if I go in there with a preconceived notion, right? Like, if I go in thinking, you know what? I bet at some point I was a Roman auxiliary and I was really good at dueling. My mind might just be like, yo, we, without you noticing, created a whole personality of a Roman auxiliary who is really good at dueling. Here we go. See, that's where I start to catch these issues. And this is, you know, I've been into the paranormal and all that for a long time. I never really studied the occult because the problem with it is this. How much of what you're doing is just outright fake? Because I want to believe that there is a whole other realm civilization that is filled with gods and goddesses, all that shit. I want to believe. But here's the issue that I have. I cannot, currently, there's ways you can explore... Most of them are called DMT. <laughs> how, how do you communicate with this? Like That's one of my things that I want to do. As someone who is fascinated with information and knowledge, I would love the opportunity to speak to a god and to speak to an alien. Not, here's, here's my conditions. For the alien, I want to meet in a crowded location at noon with security in place. I don't want Homeboy to pull up on me 3.30 in the morning. Like, what's good, man? You want to take a ride on my spaceship real quick? I'd be like, no. But all we gotta do is pull out some plasma. I said... We're taking you anyways. Motherfucker, no! I don't... Can we reschedule? <laughs> um, you know, that's something I would want to do. And these people who claim to have done it, right... This is where I, this is my personal belief. If you can communicate with God, how do you understand what is being given to you? Something that exists in a completely higher realm. Let's, okay, I'm going to try and help you guys visualize this. We live in a 3D space. You can visualize a cube. Now, let's say the gods live in a fourth dimensional space. You wouldn't be able to visualize or understand what's going on because we can't perceive things in the fourth dimension. We can perceive up to the third dimension. Now, of course, there's people who claim, you know, psychedelic substances help you perceive the fourth dimension and beyond. But again... I don't have expertise there so I won't claim yes or no until I have that expertise then I can come back with analysis and with information that I've gathered and say potentially what I do think here visualize a cube in your hand you can see it it's got a square on each side there's six sides now visualize a tesseract A tesseract is a cube within a cube, and all sides of the cube have other cubes on them. Even the connecting lines that bring the external cube to the internal cube. Can you visualize that? I am having a really hard time even beginning to visualize that. Because the human brain can't process in the fourth dimension. So what makes these people think if all of a sudden you were capable of channeling a God, that you would even be able to comprehend the information it gives you. It could give you the key to the universe. It could be like, here, what's up, my dude? Here's the keys to everything. And you wouldn't be able to figure it out in a million years. See, see what I'm pointing out here? These are my questions that nobody is answering. Once again, I think if there is channeling going on, and if you're a materialist person, this is going to be kind of hard to wrap your head around. I kind of sit in the middle of those two camps where materialism is cool for the stuff we need it to do, like material science and engineering, mathematics, cool. But I don't think humans are a totally material being in the fact that Something seems to happen when we die. We seem to go somewhere from all these near-death experiences and all the stuff that we've built up through shamanism and religion. Everybody seems to have a similar idea that we go somewhere. So I don't think we can rule out the fact that there are beings that exist beyond our comprehension that fuck with us. For example, if Crowley's actually s- channeling something, I think it's a demon or a trickster spirit. Demon—it's a harsh term. They prefer mortally challenged. You know, they—I got sued in demon court last week. They didn't like it. They said it was offensive. I told them to fuck off. They sued me again for offense. It, it was—it was a rough time. I didn't like it. it That's the only thing that I can even remotely begin to think. It has to be something fucking with him. If it's not... We've already broken down the material possibility that this is just his subconscious going, you know, we have some stuff here that we haven't attributed to you, but it is you, and you just don't want to take responsibility for it. So here, it's uh, the Scarlet Woman. Ooh, mystical. But... Even if it's not that, which I would be willing to bet 95% that it is, if it is by some chance a spiritual entity coming around and just yeeting on him, just having the time of his life, there's no way that a God is taking the time out of their day to come and impart this information upon a dude who just decided to go into the king's chamber of the great pyramid at night like if you were a fourth dimensional being and you were doing what you're doing right what do fourth dimensional beings do they roll around in extremely lavish gold houses all day like think about whatever whatever you would do if you were a god and some dude just invokes you He's like, yo, give me the facts, B. Would you be like, you know, I was having a great time. But I would have an even better time if I got to just share my knowledge with this dude who probably won't even understand it. I think, you know, it's going to 45 minutes. Like, what what else am I going to do with my... That's right. That's right. I was going to go have a, a... a javelin. Uh, my javelin meet is today. Me and me and Osiris and uh, Hephaestus. Maybe, you know, I thought, uh, I thought Balder was supposed to show up. We were going to all have an athletic competition to see who's the strongest God, the most athletic God. You know, we were we we're doing that. We we're going to have a nice decathlon for ourselves. We we're going to start that today. Round one, 45 minutes, a good, a good javelin toss. But, you know, I really get this guy, Alistair, who for some reason is hanging out in a pyramid with no lights. Like a weirdo. I'm going to go impart my knowledge on him. I'm not going to go spend time with my boys. That's the problem I have. And I have a lot of problems, apparently, with this with this concept. We think that these things are here to serve us. Like, we're just so self-centered about certain stuff they were like you know what i'm going to do a ritual invoke a god and he's going to come out here he's going to tell me what's up like why is that the situation who put these rules in place who came up and was like who came up with these rules like i'm sure they didn't they probably have much better things to do if they exist and these guys are just sitting there like hmm What if we put a bunch of candles in the shape of a star and put a circle around it? Tom, I really think that if we did that, we could, we could summon something. You know what, James? I, I happen to think that you're right. And without a doubt, we could get something. Where, where should we do this, Tom? Should we do this at our house? Should we do this uh, at a reasonable location? You know, a place where we can control the environment because we own it and there's nothing that could go wrong because we can make sure that everything is in order. You know what? I don't really think we should. I think what we should do is we should break into a world heritage site and sit there in the dark in a place that is notoriously known for having traps that kill people. And I think we should summon it there, because what better than to summon a multi-dimensional being than to just call him up in some dude's tomb? Really somber attitude, right? Uh, why not, like, I think, you know, it, it would be disrespectful to invite him to a place that was vibrant and had all kinds of fruits and foods and there was a feast going on, all kinds of celebration and happiness. No, 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 no. That's just outrageous. Why don't we, uh, you know, why don't we just go straight to the graveyard? Why don't we just dig a hole, take some graves out, sit in the six-foot hole. Let's do it there. You know, rob some graves while we're at it, break into a couple crypts. No one will worry. No, one, no, no, don't notice. Just trust me, trust me, Tom. Trust me, man. I know what I'm doing. Uh, without a doubt. I've done this more than anyone in the existence of the world. Well, Tom, I don't think, uh, I don't think anyone's done this before. Well, shit. I think he got me. So, yeah, that's what I think about it. We're hitting 40 minutes here. Uh, I have to go buy some ice, apparently our ice machine broke understandable have a good day um, I will catch you guys on Friday with whatever I want to talk about uh, you know what I've yet to schedule Bileli. Um he asked me to you know, push him to this week because he had some scheduling issues last week we're probably going to record that on Friday I think I'm not totally sure, but if I could release it Friday, I I would do that. I might also just save that one and push it to next week's freestyle episode. That's probably going to be what's going to happen uh, this week. You know, I might talk about Q Anonymous. I subscribed to that subreddit, and Jesus Christ, that is a fucking mess. Uh, you know, I was on there yesterday, and I saw a picture of Hillary Clinton at uh, the funeral for... McCain, and she was, she looked sad. She looked, she's at a funeral for a good friend. You know, I'm sure they knew each other for a long time in politics. And the QAnon people were like, look at, she has the look of guilt on her face. She knows we're coming for her. Like, guys, do you fucking understand that people can be sad at funerals? How deep are you in your own ass that you don't realize that not everything is related to your shady conspiracy? I don't know. I haven't done any research on QAnon, but I'm probably just going to riff on it. So, I will see you guys on Friday. In the meantime, try and understand some fourth dimensional objects, review the show on iTunes, share it with your boys. You know, we got. I'm really getting serious about advertising and all that and getting other guests on the show. I want to build up. This show to the point where we can educate as many people as possible. Everyone who listened to the show now, I love you from the bottom of my heart. And I hope that what I'm doing with the show is, is growing your knowledge base, right? I'm going to be putting out a, a thing soon. I'm debating on the title, what I'm probably going to call it the prospering creed, which is basically just a booklet of my, uh, personal philosophy that i'm going to share out to you guys for free i will see you on friday peace out